Hey guys, Nick Drossos, Dr. Andrew Steinberg, and welcome to another episode of Have the Balls to Talk About It. Today, we're going to start with top 10 myths about prostate cancer. Now, I don't know if these are the top 10 myths, but these are 10 myths which I thought were quite important. Um, too much to delve into details of each one, so we'll talk a little bit about, uh, about some of the important things that I hear all the time, which I think are false beliefs, and, uh, and and take it from there. Are these myths from your practice that you've seen? Like yeah, patients? I just sort of just sort of sat down and, and, and you know with a pen and paper and said, what do I keep on hearing? What comes up in conversations often when I'm talking about diagnosing prostate cancer, treating prostate cancer, and so on that I keep on hearing over and over again that I, I think uh, you know need to be uh, demystified. Okay. Okay. So uh, and these are in no apparent order, and please. Speak to your doctor about the details of anything that may affect you. Uh, number one, people don't die from prostate cancer and we shouldn't check for it. So uh, many people are diagnosed with prostate cancer and don't die from prostate cancer. That is true. Having said that, one in 40 men will die from prostate cancer, oh, approximately. And it is the second to highest death rate from cancer in males outside of, of lungs. So. Not true. There are some cases where, many cases, where people don't die from prostate cancer. Uh, they die with prostate cancer, uh, but it can be a killer. Wow. Number two, uh, screening is bad for some reason. Uh, well, this, this often you know, sort of goes with back to the first one, that we find all these cancers uh, unnecessarily. We find them years before they need to be treated. Um, well, this is, is, is not, uh, well, this is, partially true. We do find cancers much earlier, many cancers much earlier than they need to be treated, but that's changed how we've practiced. And so instead of, you know, putting our head in the sand and, 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 and not screening for prostate cancer, what we have done now is we have a more directed screening, more intelligent screening. We do MRIs, we repeat the PSA, and, and most importantly is we don't, you know, we don't treat everybody. So we don't cause side effects where it doesn't need, uh, doesn't need to be. Now what happened is there was a task force in the States eight years ago or so, which said, no more screening. And what did we see? We saw the rates of more aggressive cancers, people presenting with aggressive cancers beyond that cure rate, that cure window, um, start to appear. And, and the task force, thankfully, had reconsidered their guidelines and now changed it to, you know, between certain age and certain age, discuss the risks and benefits of treating as opposed to no more, uh, of, scan, of screening, as opposed to no more screening. Okay, um, one thing I get often is I don't want to go for a prostate biopsy. It can it can spread the cancer because you're sticking a needle into it. That's just false. We've done millions and millions and millions of biopsies. Um, you know, sampling the prostate for prostate cancer does not spread cancer cells. Not much more to say about that. Uh, we hear about different treatments and and uh, robotic therapy for the prostate cancer is better and more precise than all other therapies. Um, that's never really been proven. Uh, initially, robotic surgery has been, was pushed well by the company that made the robot. Mm -hmm. um, it is a great therapy and there's some great surgeons. What the studies, and there's other options to surgeries, there's open surgery, laparoscopic surgery. What, the, what most studies say is that uh, the outcomes of surgery really depends on how good your surgeon is and yeah, their experience. Yeah, so a good laparoscopic surgeon will have good outcomes and a poor robotic surgeon uh, will have bad out will have less good outcomes 
So what happened is there was just this push to do robotic surgery and guys who were doing five surgeries a year were doing it, claiming numbers of guys who do 300 surgeries a year, in numbers in terms of outcomes and so on, and that's false advertising and oh, you know for me yeah. malpractice because you're you're giving your patients false sense of of outcomes of security. Um, number five, your sex life will be ruined after uh, after therapy for prostate cancer. So uh, re surgery, radiation, uh, they can affect your erections for sure. They can affect ejaculation. They can affect your sex drive if you need hormones. But many men uh, can live an active and healthy sex life with, with actually good erections on its own or with our help, yeah. uh, medications or, or, or other types of treatments. So uh, diagnosis and treatment of prostate cancer does not guarantee loss of a sex life. It does happen sometimes, but uh, more often than not, we can, we can spare the sexual function and you can leave, live a good, happy uh, sex life after that. Uh, after treatment, this is number six, you will be incontinent. You will have no control of the urine. That does happen, but rarely. Okay. So 95% of men will have good control, normal control of their urine after, after surgery. Incontinence doesn't really happen after radiation or rarely, rarely. So will you be in diapers after surgery? Just about, you know, never or rarest of rarest of yeah. cases. Um, a normal blood test or MRI scan means you don't have cancer, uh, so you don't need to do a biopsy. Or Well, that's also not true. Uh, the blood test, the PSA blood test is, is a marker, it's a guide. Um, the MRI, which we do sometimes to look at the prostate and image the prostate to see if there's anything, um, is also gives us an idea of what may be happening in the prostate, but you ha can have false negatives. You can have PSAs with uh, very, very low and, and have prostate cancer. And actually, those sometimes are worse cancers. Mm -hmm. um, and patients who have abnormal M PSAs and we send them for an MRI scan of the prostate uh, can sometimes uh, you know, still have cancer despite a clean uh, scan. So, so what, what remains the best way to... Well, it's not the best way. It's a series of things. You need okay. to follow the PSA. You do need to do a rectal exam, although there's some debate about that. Okay. You know, MRIs, in some cases, if the PSA is high and abnormal or the rectal exam is abnormal, regardless of other things, we need to do ultimately a biopsy. Okay. Um, every man with prostate cancer needs to be treated. Uh, that's not true. So uh, there are many cancers which are, let's call them subclinical, they haven't yet reached that bad point. Uh, so we do what's called active surveillance. We keep a close watch on you. So there's Blood a little bit of prostate, cancer and you just... A little trace of prostate cancer and we just watch it. Some of those guys may never need treatment oh, wow. or some of them may need treatment in five, seven, ten years yeah. from now. Um, so active surveillance is an important part of our tools in, in managing patients with prostate cancer. So not everybody needs to be treated with prostate cancer. Uh, but they will be carefully followed. Uh, if you have prostate cancer spread to the bones or lymph nodes, you will die quickly. Uh, I think in the last 10 years or so, one of the biggest advances in prostate cancer is all the therapies we have for metastatic or spread 
prostate cancer. Not much has changed in localized surgery. Radiation techniques have been refined. But in terms of those who have spread, um, there are multiple medications on the market. Um, maybe none of them will completely eradicate this metastatic cancer, but each one will decrease the time that you're, or increase the time that you're disease-free. Okay. And now we're looking at sequential therapies, one after the other after the other. So when you add these up, patients who have spread, who are diagnosed with prostate cancer, which have spread, now have often many years and years of good, healthy life ahead of them. Uh, and last, I don't have any issues to pee. I don't have any difficulties, so I can't have cancer. Um, you know, we don't screen men who have symptoms. Most men with prostate cancer don't have any symptoms. So just because you feel good down there doesn't mean that you don't have prostate cancer and you should still discuss all the risks and benefits, uh, uh, you know, that may be associated with screening for prostate cancer. So it's not uh, something that we look at when you have symptoms, it's something that we screen before. If you have prostate cancer that's causing symptoms, chances are you're actually too late in the game. So there it is, uh, 10 very common misbeliefs that I see in my daily practice uh, in terms of prostate cancer screening and treatment and so on. Well, discuss with your family doctor, your, your urologist, your specialist, the risks and benefits of screening and is it right for you uh, and uh, that's all I got so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of have the boss talk about it make sure to subscribe and hit the bell and remember have the balls to talk about it <laughs>